You're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. If you or your patients struggle with muscle cramps, spasms, soreness, or restless leg syndrome, you're going to want to hear about our non-opioid TheraWorks Relief. TheraWorks Relief is a clinically proven and published locally acting topical solution that prevents and relieves muscle cramps, spasms, and soreness in the legs and feet. In a research study including patients diagnosed with restless leg syndrome, TheraWorks Relief was shown to reduce symptoms commonly associated with accompanying RLS, including muscle cramps and spasms. Muscle cramps are reported as a side effect of hundreds of prescription medications, from intravenous iron sucrose and conjugated estrogens to statins and diuretics. By managing muscle cramps, TheraWorks Relief supports adherence, helping patients stay on important and often life-saving medications. TheraWorks Relief comes in an easy-to-use, fast-absorbing, non-greasy foam that can prevent muscle cramps and spasms with just a few simple applications a day. To learn more about TheraWorks Relief, go to theraworksrelief.com and click on the healthcare professional link. You're listening to the Gavel and Pestle Podcast with Darshan Kulkarni. The Gallo Pestle Podcast, where the law of the land intersects with the business of pharmacy. Hey, this is Darshan. Just before uh, you listen to the podcast, make sure you remember, this is not legal advice. This is also not medical advice, and um, it's not construction advice, so don't take construction advice from me. Also, this does not create an attorney-client relationship, so don't be saying that I just gave you legal advice again. Talk to a lawyer who knows you, that can give you advice that's right for you. Thanks again. Keep listening. We'll talk soon. Hey, guys. This is Darshan, and I'm here with Nathan, and we're doing another recording of the Pharmacy Podcast t- uh, Network's uh, Gavel and Pestle. So I'm yes, really sir. excited about today's topic. Uh, we actually Na- talked about Amazon acquiring PillPack, uh, but that was specific to pharmacies, right? Yeah. And, and, and uh, how is this one is- different? I'm I'm so done talking about PillPack right now because it's... <laughs> it's- <laughs> We, we've talked so much about PillPack, and we've talked so much about Amazon. That has not been recorded. <laughs> so now we have to do this again for uh, like the ninth time. I so, know. So, so, well, but today specifically we're talking about PillPack uh, and how the pharmace- how this affects pharmaceutical companies. Yeah. And and basically what can pharmaceutical – does this change anything for pharmaceutical companies? Do they need to worry? And And the answer is – this may be the harbinger, and I don't know how to pronounce that word. Is it harbinger? Harbinger? Whatever that word is that says the, the canary in the coal mine. Um, whatever says I, I that it's an say early yes. indicator. If you say harbinger, <laughs> like, I, I can't even pronounce it without even looking at it, but the answer the, so is So that a. word. Um, what we're talking about is, is Amazon, is the pill pack acquisition going to affect pharmaceutical companies? And my answer is yes. And I can think mm-hmm. of at least 10 different ways. And Major, we're going to stick to 10 this time. 10 oh, different ways that, um, that pharmaceutical companies may be affected. Now, he said that because every time he gives me a numbered list, he gives me the bonus. Because, you know, it's, it's the whole Steve Jobs <laughs> thing where, you know, it's, it's become a running thing joke. Uh, oh, man. All right. So 10 things, right? You said 10 things. 10, yep. 10 ways this changes? 10, 10 different ways. Pharmaceutical companies may be affected by the pill pack acquisition. So number one, changing the players. And what I mean by that is this has been suspected and there have been certain internal hires that support the suggestion. 
But this argument is out there that Amazon's not looking to just create a pharmacy, but they're looking to actually be more than the pharmacy. So there's this argument that they're trying to flatten the playing field. So let's think about who's actually in the pharmaceutical distribution chain. The, the drug company makes the drugs. It then gives the drugs to one of, typically, one of three major distributors. The three major distributors are Amerisource Bergen, Cardinal, and McKesson. Then those distributors may typically distribute it to uh, smaller uh, distributors or they'll directly distribute it themselves. Then uh, what you have are GPOs, or group purchasing organizations that will buy these medications from these distributors and then the mm-hmm. GPOs will, will give it to, peop- to companies, to pharmacies that are part of that group purchasing organization. And so then how's Amazon patients- changing that? Like how so, is- so I want to explain that so that I can start explaining uh, oh, okay. how Amazon changes it. So the key piece here is that if I'm Amazon and I can just directly strike a deal with Marco Pfizer, I can skip that entire distribution chain and, say, and directly go from Merck or Pfizer directly to the patient. And now all of those people in the middle who are taking a nice little cut, those people all disappear. Even if Amazon says, you know what? I want to charge a hefty premium for doing what I, what I want to do. They can do that and still get it to the patient at a cheaper cost. So what you're saying is they just remove the distribution chain and create yeah. their own around it. They kind of do a short Exactly. Shortcut. Okay. So they flatten and get they rid of right. uh, distribution players. However you choose to say it, it's not there anymore. Right. Here's another one. So that's number one. Okay. We, we talked about distribution channels. Now, how do PBMs work? So if you are a patient, and this is number two, if you are a patient, what you'll typically do is you will go to, go to a U.S. healthcare. You'll go to one of the major insurance companies. And say, you know what? I want to have prescription benefits. I want to have healthcare benefits. And can you help me get all this stuff together? The mm-hmm. insurance company will typically say, you know what? We can do the healthcare benefit thing, but I, we don't really know enough about prescriptions. So what we'll do is we'll go to one of the major uh, p- prescription drug, uh, benefit management systems and say, you can, why don't you negotiate the deals uh, with drug companies and uh, negotiate the deals with pharmacies? And we'll just contract with you. So um, companies like Optum or uh, CVS Caremark will all come out and basically have those exact deals. Um, and what the PBMs will do is they'll do things like create those contract, that's those contractual relationships, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now, and, and those deals have come under scrutiny, just so we're clear. Um, there, there have been some underhanded things like uh, gag clauses, which many states are saying that they should be illegal. Uh, Ohio just came out and said that uh, PBMs and middle management, uh, middle middle companies, if you will, uh, have charged an obscene amount of profit. And we can put those links in the uh, in the notes if you guys want, or if you just want to reach out, we'd be happy to give them to you. So what Amazon will do is simply say, you know what? Why do I need a PBM? Why do I need a uh, a PBM is a patient benefit manager? A pharmacy benefit management system. Pharmacy benefit manager. Yeah. Okay. So just like they can get rid of the distribution chain, 
they could get rid of the PBM and say, you know what? I'm going to do exactly what Walmart did. And I'm going to sell you this drug because I got a huge volume from the, from the, um, the manufacturer itself. I'm going to give it to you at a really low price. And you don't need a PBM anymore. You don't need to go through any of these other systems. Essentially, cutting those rebates and those coupons and all of those things, they just eliminate all of them mm-hmm. and directly connect the, the pharmaceutical company through Amazon to the patient. And that would be a massive benefit because the pharmaceutical company could say, you know what, it's worth it for me. And Amazon could say, I'm still going to charge a premium, but I'm still going to come out ahead. And Amazon may, ha- may offer their own insurance system. They might create their own player and eliminate all these other middle companies. So that would be another way. Then there's the actual, so that's number two. Number three is direct-to-patient delivery. Now, this is, um, th- this is huge because what you're talking about now is people were literally three to six months ago, we were talking about, well, is Amazon going to just deliver medications to the pharmacies and that pharmacies can deliver to patients? Well, that could be, um, that could have been one direction, but now with the acquisition of PillPack, we know that what Amazon's really trying to do is directly connect with patients. Mm-hmm. So they, they will eliminate pharmacies in that middle chain. So how does that affect uh, pharmaceutical companies? It affects pharmaceutical companies because at this moment, they can directly connect to patients. And that gives them access to and allows them to, to cut costs. And they don't have to worry about rebates. And that the pricing pressure goes back onto pharmaceutical companies as opposed to what's going on under, under President, President Trump's plan, where he's suggesting that the middle companies, the PBMs, might be mostly responsible. So out of the 10 different ways, 10 different ways pharma companies can be affected by the PillPack acquisition. Number one, it changes the players. Uh, Number two, changes distribution networks. Number three, direct to patient delivery. So absolutely. Number four, four, which is Amazon. What they have to think about is, is Amazon. So it's it's not all uh, sunshine and rainbows. Amazon does not have a true blue refrigeration supply chain. Amazon's mostly been delivering um, consumer goods. Do they really have a way of making sure that a medication that has to be kept between, I don't know, 7 degrees and 14 degrees Celsius will stay in those temperatures? Amazon has not shown that it can, it can control delivery in that way. Since it has not shown that, that could be hugely problematic for pharmaceutical companies because that may change how they develop drugs. Because right. if the primary distributor cannot handle those drugs, Having those drugs is hugely problematic. So that's going to be mm-hmm. the next piece. Then there's the issue of track and trace, um, which is pharmaceutical companies are struggling with this idea of uh, selling. So they'll often sell drugs at a cheaper price in, for example, Canada or Mexico or another country. And what they've been dealing with is reimportation. Well, Amazon has routinely sold, medica- uh, sold things from other countries in the US and Amazon's not really been in the business of controlling where the medic, where, where the stuff comes from. Well, if that starts converting uh, and applying to drugs, track and trace is going to become a huge issue. How will Amazon demonstrate control off the supply chain? So Amazon's going to have to start worrying about that and demonstrating control. 
which has not happened so far. Then um, it, the, there's the issue and the, the advantage of Amazon's already announced and they already have over-the-counter drugs that, um, that are branded by Amazon's personal brand. So Amazon already entered that market. Um, and, and Amazon, if they start selling in enough volume, they can drop the price. Something to think about if you are a pharmaceutical company. Amazon goes from being a partner to a competitor. So that's something to think about. Now, another thing to think about is this idea of these rumors that I keep hearing, which is, oh, you know what? Amazon's going to start discovering drugs. Amazon's going to get into the CRO business. Amazon's going to become a, um, a system that's going to go out there and try to discover drugs. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stand out and say, you know what? I don't think they are, at least not in the short term. That's simply not Amazon's business model. Amazon does not go out and do discovery. What Amazon's really, really, really good at is distribution. And what they do is they capitalize on that distribution channel. So what I would say is in the short term, if I was a drug company, I would not be worrying about Amazon getting into the drug discovery business. I would not be worrying about Amazon going and starting a CRO. Um, Then we talked about this in other ways, but this whole idea of Amazon coming in and saying, you know what, um, we're, well, PBMs have, have routinely done things like do rebates, where they'll say, um, it, if we sell enough of this drug, the drug company will give us a rebate back for making sure that enough of these drugs got, got sold through our system. Um, President Trump has already come out and said that he's going to be looking closer at this rebate system, and it may not be exempt. Uh, and it may potentially ha- uh, not be subject to the waivers under uh, the anti-kickback law. Um, so that's already being targeted. But with a system like Amazon, they'll simply just get rid of rebates because it may not be worth it if they can sort of just drop the price. Then, number nine. Uh, Major, as usual, do you want to catch us up to where we are with number eight? So, number one, changing the players. This is the 10 different ways pharma companies may be affected by the pullback acquisition, specific to pharma companies. Number one, changing the players. Number two, changes uh, in the distribution networks. Number three, direct to patient delivery, uh, which leads us to number four, issues with refrigeration supply chains, uh, maybe you know advancements in that. Number five, more worries about tracking and, and, and tracing the medication. Uh, number six, which one are we on? Well, we're now on number nine. We just finished number eight. Number eight. So number six is making OTC uh, in the drop Drugs. in the price. Yeah. Right. Uh, and number seven, Amazon is unlikely to get into R and D. They're not. Gonna, uh, yeah. That's right. They're not going to. They're not going to discover new things, or they're more about shipping what already exists. Number eight, rebate system maybe may go by the wayside. And by yeah. the way, we actually talk about a rebate system, don't, didn't didn't we? Um, like we Amazon did. Prime, how that affects medications, and I, I think that. Yeah, that was actually a really good episode. Uh, that if you're interested, that 204 was that one. <laughs> it's Amazon Prime, how it affects discounts and medications. So, uh, and uh, number nine. So number nine. So we've talked about what Amazon may or may not do, but let's talk mm-hmm. a little bit about what Amazon may impact. So, for example, Amazon's pill pack system could be very easily used to actually connect with patients. So imagine doing a a clinical trial a virtual clinical trial where Amazon delivers the, the medications directly to the patient in a format that they can use 
and and it's completely um, blinded. And that could be something that Amazon gets into. So they may not be involved in R&D in the context of becoming a CRO, but they could be involved in R&D in the context of being a pharmacy. And then number 10, imagine Amazon using its Alexa system to help educate patients. It's already happening. Imagine Amazon now saying, you know what? We're going to uh, allow Alexa to, to talk to you about your medications. And now, Major, as usual, I have a number 11. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. I knew you were going to jump into that. I, I wasn't <laughs> planning on it until the second. I, I swear I did not have something No, you've to... been sitting on this for years. <laughs> like, this instant, right now, you've been planning this, like, forever. All right, so what is your number okay. 11? So number 11, we, we did a couple of different podcasts about telepharmacy. As we know, Amazon came out recently with their video version of the um, of, of Alexa. Imagine mm-hmm. where, where that video version now connects you to a pharmacist. And that becomes a way for pharmaceutical companies to engage with, uh, with patients, with okay. doctors. And, and that becomes a hugely effective way using the Amazon... Uh, ecosystem to educate doctors, to educate patients, and to connect patients with caregivers. So it would it would dramatically change using technology how patients engage at the moment they want to engage with people who can talk to them. So it's one. it's going to be huge. I've got one. Number twelve. It will eventually go full circle. <laughs> what does that mean? Well, it means pharma company execs will order their drugs from Amazon, man. Convenience, convenience, convenience. Bypass your own company. <laughs> okay, this is where we should not listen to Major. Uh, I don't know what can be, what uh, get past their own company means. I mean, if 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 Amazon, if if this acquisition will bypass the traditional model of of distribution networks. Yeah. Then, then the the uh, this will uh, allow the pharma company execs to utilize Amazon services. Actually, you're not a. That's not a bad answer. Now I'm going to jump on Major's point, which is what if? So a pharmaceutical company, typically, unlike what most people think, a pharmaceutical company is really more like a kitchen. What they're often doing is just mixing ingredients together. So. Theoretically, it's possible that a that a Pfizer, for example, may say, you know what, I want to order active pharmaceutical ingredient, and I need to order filler, and I need to order this, and I want to order that. Instead of trying to develop their own distribution chains, they'll just use Amazon and order it directly, and they'll have re- recordings of which batch was delivered from where at what point, and it's all in your Amazon system. So it very well might be something that we look at in the future. So great point, actually, Major. That's number 12. I can actually see somebody, you know, like a CEO just like in the dark being like, oh, man, I really have to really. <laughs> I, I just, you know what? Let's do it. Yeah. It's, it's going to be great. It just if, goes if off. Amazon could become a, a just because that's what Amazon is, right? They're really all about distribution. So why does distribution only have to be from the pharmaceutical company? To the right. patient. 
what about going to the pharmaceutical company and all these different ingredients could very well be part of that process. A great point, Major. So uh, the pharma companies just need to embrace change. It's like, uh, yeah. you know, CD players and uh, MP3s, that whole thing just kind of went up in smoke. So that's pretty much we went down a list of uh, not 10, but 12 things, <laughs> 12 different <laughs> ways uh, Amazon's acquisition of PillPack uh, will affect um, pharmaceutical companies in the future. And by the way, this list, it'll be in our show notes. So, so feel free to, 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 to check it out. Uh, wherever you see this podcast, just look at the show notes. You'll see that next episode. We're actually going to bring in something uh, quite interesting. Not uh, th- th- this was interesting as well, but we're talking going to be talking about the sunshine act and something in a more uh, conventional way. Um, ah, just, two- just say it. You got inspired by Reddit. I got inspired by Reddit, man. This was great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there, there was like a, it's, somebody posted on, on, on Reddit. Uh, hey, did you know that uh, scientific journals that charge to read a pet paper? hundred uh, percent go to the publisher, but if you just email the author and ask for the papers, they are allowed to send them to you for free and will be genuinely delighted to do so. So we're going to talk about legalities of that actually. Uh, and Darshan's going to, going to throw some knowledge down. <laughs> we'll definitely talk <laughs> about it. This was great. Well guys, thanks a lot for your time and we'll see you next time. Talk to you guys soon. Hey, this is Darshan. Thanks for listening in. I really want to talk to you. You can also find me on LinkedIn at Darshan Kulkarni. And if you want to find me any other way, but you can always email me as well. Darshan at conformlaw.com. Thanks for listening in. I'm really excited to hear from you.